money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money, Dave. Oh, that's good, because this is the Let's Talk Money show with Dave and Reb. I'm Dave Van Noppen, and I'm here with my wife, Rebecca, and we're going to talk about the heart issues around money. So what are we talking about today, Reb? Well, I we found some interesting verses we're going to start off with this morning, and then we'll introduce our guest to you, because we have a special guest here. Um, I'm going to read from Proverbs 11 first. Uh, There's a verse that says, For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. There's another verse that says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So we're actually going to talk about getting financial advice today. But the story that we're really going to look at is from Genesis 41. And when Dave and I were talking about this passage, we, again, just saw it from a bit of a different perspective because of who we've invited to be our guest today. Mm-hmm. So this is We don't like advice, though. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, you're Dutch, so do Dutch yeah, people we like always it? Except know we have right. another Dutch guy <laughs> have, here. I, I know, have two, two Dutch guys, Dutch guys ah! in the room. So. Okay. I, I can't get too excited here. They're going to tell me what to do. It's going against my, my Dutch roots, my Dutch stuff and advice. I got I to gotta seek out advice from yes. someone else. Yes. It's a good thing to do that. That's what scripture says. It's a good so, thing you started anyway, with the Bible verse. Because this, yes, it is a good thing. Oh, David. Anyway, so if this man had not taken advice he would have lost his nation. And this is Pharaoh, the story of Joseph and Pharaoh in Genesis 41. Now, the cool part is uh, many of you know the story where Joseph interprets the dream. He comes out of prison, interprets the dreams of Pharaoh, and he tells Pharaoh, this is what you need to do. You need to get someone to collect a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. You should collect it and put it away. And then you need someone to find someone to be in charge of that reserve so that when the seven years of famine come, we can give it to the people of the land. So this is what Pharaoh says. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh says to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger, put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as a second in command and people shouted before him, make way. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all of Egypt. Now Pharaoh gives him a wife He is set up and then he goes about taking care of Egypt in the next seven years. So much so, he started keeping records. They had so much produce coming in and grain that he said, we can't keep up with it. We're not, they didn't even have a record of it by the end, how much they, they kept. 
what is interesting about this is how Pharaoh chose Joseph as his advisor. Pick me, pick me, pick me. (laughs) Pharaoh recognized that Joseph had a good plan. Mm -hmm. He not only interpreted it, but he gave a good plan. Pharaoh recognized he had discernment and the spirit of God at work in him. Now, how did Pharaoh know this? Because God had it all set up. I get that. Mm -hmm. But Joseph, uh, after his seven years in Potiphar's house and then his years in prison, he had something to offer Pharaoh that maybe he wouldn't have as a young man. He also recognized that he had wisdom. In verse 39, it says that there was no one as discerning and wise as Joseph. That's what Pharaoh saw. So today, actually, this is a really practical story. It's it's very interesting because we're talking about financial advising Mm -hmm. and where to go to get advice with all the loads of money you guys have or or the little bits of money you have. So it's interesting. Now, Brent, Brent here is probably shaking in his boots because I just said, <laughs> well, let's bring he Brent has, in, hang on, uh, he has to be discerning. <laughs> he has to have the spirit of God. He has to have a good plan. Um, I just find it interesting because uh, this is who God put in place to save a nation. And who knows what God's purpose is for your money to whoever's listening. But we, you want to find someone who you can trust and does have discernment and wisdom and a good plan. So so I want to introduce Brent. We're going to bring Brent you into the conversation. So Brent Vandermeer, um, is it is your title the lead guy at Vander- Vandermeer Wealth Management? Is, <laughs> is that what you call yourself, the lead guy, the uh, head, head honcho? Vandermeer Wealth Management is the name of your company, and hey, that's your last name, so I'm figuring you're up there, right? I suppose it would say that, yes, <laughs> although that means you, you sweep the floors and you turn the lights out at the end, end of the head day, servant. right? I get that. Yes. So head servant, way to go. So Brent is a financial advisor. Um, you're going to give us a little bit of lowdown, just some history on uh, your practice, how sure. long you've been in it, and and maybe just where you're at now. and and. Yeah, maybe give us a little bit of a, a description as well for the listener, what your role as a financial advisor is. Okay, I'll try to tackle a few of those as quick as I can, but just jump in if I get off track. Um, so I, yeah, we, we run a wealth management boutique firm. I say boutique because it's it's relatively small. We're, we're not part of a big bank and we're a locally owned independent shop. Um, I started when I was uh, 19 years old, which maybe Joseph was quite young like that too. I think you were saying he was. I obviously um, at 19 wasn't what I am today, uh, but I was given a start by a really godly man here in Ottawa uh, in an industry that's very hard to start in. Um, When you don't know anybody and you don't know uh, how to manage money in the beginning, it's very hard to to, to start a business. But I was given a start at, at a ripe young age. I didn't know I wanted to do this. Uh, I had other plans, but I think God opened doors and I, I stepped through some of them that led to uh, 19 years uh, doing what I now do. So um, I was an analyst in the beginning and then uh, realized that I loved meeting with people. So the relationship part of this business is a really incredible thing. We get to sit with families that uh, share a lot of the issues, the struggles, their joys, their, their pain, their goals. And uh, I really love that part of it. I also love the puzzle of 
trying to figure out what's happening in the world. Um, There's so much going on. And when you look at each day you wake up and there's something new that is, to me, it's a big fun puzzle in a way. So what does a new, a new president south of the border mean for the businesses that we might own? And invest in? Um, what does Britain wanting to exit the European Union and maybe others to follow? What does that mean? Uh, what is it's currency? Kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a puzzle where the picture keeps changing. Constantly. So, you know, you think you have it assembled and then yeah. you look up and guess what? Right. The picture just changed. You know when so you put the box yeah. up with yeah, the puzzle exactly. on the table, well that picture on that buzz, on the box of the puzzle is always shifting. Yeah. It makes it really fun. So, And then you, each day you get to mix those two, relationally working with people and their goals and with this sort of academic, research-based, economic puzzle and try to bring the two together into a cohesive plan for families. It's just a lot of fun. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, here's where we're going today, right? Because, Rebecca, you started with the story of Joseph and Farrell. And, you know, when we read that story, it's almost like Pharaoh says, it takes a gut, kind of a, a gut reaction to Joseph. He's got a dream. He's mm-hmm. got... This guy walks in, young kid walks in and says, first of all, Joseph says, hey, it's not me interpreting the dream, it's God. So Joseph is really clear that it's not him, but it's God. But then it's all of a sudden, like within hours, I'm assuming, Pharaoh is like, you're the man, you're the man for the job, and you now are second to me, like like the oldest son, he's really elevated him right up it through is the quite, ranks. It is quite a fascinating quite. story because mm-hmm. he did not like have an internet to check out his credentials. Right. <laughs> right. This guy really all that he's up to. Right. And so, you know, when we are talking about money and we're talking about finances, you know, where we get our advice, Pharaoh had a good number of advisors. Mm-hmm. I am sure he was surrounded with mm-hmm. advisors. We don't know the backstory. We don't know if he checked with his advisors, but it certainly doesn't sound like it. It's I, really... I, I suspect he he didn't because Joseph would have been an outsider to Egypt too, right? Not one of the tribe. Foreign right? guy. Foreign yeah. guy, young yeah. guy. And he been in, in prison. A yeah. uh, little dubious background, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. supposedly slept with his boss's wife. I don't think mm. Pharaoh wants that on the resume. Mm-hmm. You know, like... This and yet here he is, and Pharaoh recognizes a the spirit of God in him, mm-hmm. and and b that this guy is the man for the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in, in a lot of ways, we you know when we're talking about money, we often use our gut to make money decisions. In fact, when we talk about that from a cash flow perspective. All the marketing, media, everything that we experience in terms of spending pressure is directed at our gut. It's directed at, you know, make this spontaneous decision and and it, it looks all right kind of on the front end. Mm. And don't dig too deep because you might actually find something that doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Well, we're sitting here today in the studio talking to Brent Vandermeer, a financial advisor, and really the heart of this show is to say, what are the steps, what are some of the things, due diligence that we can do with the resources that God has given us. He has given us a significant opportunities here in Canada. We have the ability to invest, get our money, God's money, (laughs) working for us while we go out and do our job. I mean, there's lots of places in the world where that is just a it's not even on the, the, the horizon of people's money management. Their ideas is 
the next meal? Like, can I find some wood to keep the fire going? You know, all of those places, and yet here we are. And so it's a for us here in North America, we really need some discernment. We really need some wisdom on how to manage those resources. So, Brent, give us a little bit, maybe, um, you know, because you're a financial advisor and you've met with a significant number of people, some of maybe the questions that people are asking you, and, and maybe that can translate into questions that people should be asking mm. when you're handing over, you know, whether it's $10 a month, $100 a month, $1,000 a month, whatever the amount is, you're, you're going to pass that on to someone else to manage for you because that's your job. That is. <clears throat> uh, yeah, there, there's a lot in that, right? Because I often sit back and wonder, wow, God, why do we do what we do? How, how do we have so much here? And what do you want us to do with it? And that's a question that I don't think necessarily there's one answer to. Um, no. I think like we were talking about just before the show started, God's interested in our heart, right? And I think that's what we spend in terms of practical time with people, whether they, they know God or don't. It's uh it's figuring out you know, where's their heart at? What, what are they trying to achieve? What are their goals, objectives? And what might God be saying that they're supposed to do? And sometimes uh, I think what's kind of fun is every once in a while we'll feel impressed that the best advice is not to invest their money with us, but it's to do something else with it. Right. Um, and if we're not always clamoring to vacuum the couch cushions, what I mean, yeah, you yeah. actually <laughs> have time to consider what's the best thing for this family to do. And, uh, that said, if there is, you know, barns to store up wheat in because of times ahead that I think we're supposed to do that, there's a stewardship element to that, saving and putting aside, being careful not to hoard and not to put one's faith and trust in those stacks of money, mm-hmm. um, to constantly say, this is God's money, as you said. But there's a wisdom in, in setting aside and growing and preparing. We live in an expensive culture that it's going to cost a lot just to live. So mm-hmm. we need relatively more money put aside if God still has us living here, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when people come to see us, there are a lot of very good questions. I think the average person does not truly understand how the financial system works. And that's an area where we could spend a lot of time just trying to unpack that for people. Um, Even just the basics of what's a stock and what's a bond and how do I invest? What's a, what's a, what's a mutual fund or an ETF, an exchange traded fund or all these different things that I go to talk to people on. I have no idea what they're even saying. I read the financial Uh, post once. (laughs) I know what that, I know what that is about. Sure. So one, one practical thing for advice. I mean, there's a lot of learning people could do. And I think that's wise to do that because we do, if we're entrusted with much, I think we have to also put that effort into learning about the financial system. We've got some resources and reading lists that we could share later that that would show us, give people something to look into and 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 to read to start learning. But to finding a coach and finding an investment advisor who truly you know is able to teach, that's it, it, a good first step. Mm-hmm. So you know that education element of mm-hmm. you know, and I and I I think I love that because ultimately the responsibility rests with with me you know when i come to you brant and i say brant i've got a little bit of extra money and guess what um let's figure out together how that's going to multiply what that's going to do we don't want it sitting buried in a ground latent not doing anything Mm -hmm. we're going to use that that money uh, to 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 make more money um but 
I need a partner. I need somebody that I can trust, even in my own education, even in the, the, the learning that I might do. That's not necessarily what I want to spend all of my time. I don't want right. to be a financial expert. Well, maybe I do, but <laughs> just for me personally, if mm-hmm. I come to you, Brent, I'm not so sure that I want to be the financial expert, but I certainly need a partner, someone that I can trust who understands me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some questions certainly about, Brent, who are you? What are your values? What are, you know, how do you invest? Do you invest ethically? Do you invest in anything that's going to make money regardless of, do, of the ethical part? When people come to you, do they interview you? Or do you wish they did interview you maybe? Oh, that's a great, great question. Uh, most people do not interview me and they should. Um, we actually guide them into saying, you need to interview us. Here's a whole bunch of things you need to be asking because you should actually go out and interview a number of people, not just me. You should go out there and look at a number of advisors and keep notes, keep records, write down the answers to the questions that you're going to ask and so you can compare. Um, People very much, I think, based on gut feel for mm-hmm. the first part, and based on you know the, the the promises of rate of return or things like that. How great does this offer look, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so much more to it than than that. I mean, you 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 need to understand how a person is set up in their firm. How are they paid? What are the fees that you're going to be paying? How are those fees charged? Are they embedded inside of product? Is that product, whether it's a fund or something, is that a product that the firm, that the person works for, that they create, that they um, manufacture? There's hidden compensation in that. Um, If the person is paid on commission, what does that mean in terms of the advice that you're getting? Are they paid to trade? In other words, every time they sell something or buy something else, is that how they make their right, revenue and therefore then, is there a bias in that and there may not be but sometimes there could be i'm really passionate about <clears throat> that compensation part of how an advisor is paid because i think it helps align the interests of the advisor with the client if you're being paid simply because the account is growing that's much more in alignment with being paid a big lump sum up front or being paid just to trade and not having the account actually grow in value in other words you have no skin in the game no alignment with the client who is hiring you to grow the money that they've given because they've already they've already they've already been paid been paid so yeah. they have no interest in, well not no interest but yeah they're not mm-hmm. motivated <clears throat> that's right and this is going to become a growing trend i mean we've been talking to clients about this for probably about 10 years since i first became very passionate about it the regulators in canada are now really strongly moving ahead with new changes and regulatory framework that uh, will make it much more transparent and will actually force people to to move into a transparent fee system, no more embedded product costs, uh, all that stuff, which is what I mean by inside of a mutual fund or things like that. So that change is going to be happening. It's actually going to be good for clients. It's going to raise a lot of questions or raise a lot of questions in in. Uh, how the financial system or the, how the financial advisory network is actually paid. And I think that education is a big part because people mm-hmm. will feel empowered and will feel like they understand what's going on and they'll make better decisions when they know the information. 
go on, I, I would, as you're talking, I was just thinking, why why don't people interview you? Why is it? Because I'm just sitting here mm. being a person that like I hear you and I'm like, oh, I just don't want, just here's my money. Right. <laughs> just go do your thing. That's my initial reaction sure. because it's an overwhelmingly, seemingly complex yeah. thing. Well, I think there's, there's there's an element of trust in that. I mean, I think people, when they come and sit with the right person, they will develop that level of trust and say, okay, this person has character integrity, sort of an alignment of vision and values. And therefore, you know, if I have no interest in this, yeah, people just say, take it, Brent. I don't care. Do what you want and make it grow. Because right? I trust you. I trust you. There I mean, I, mean I, and it, I guess back to our story about Pharaoh and Pharaoh mm-hmm. had other things to do. So he needed somebody who was going to do the job. He wasn't going right. to care about the nitty gritty of how he was getting the grain in the right. But I, store. but I enjoy people and I try to encourage people to say, okay, that's okay. It's nice that you trust me, and it's important that you do step away and not look at the screens or the statements <laughs> every day. But I'd also like to kind of bring you along, if possible, and try to educate you on on how uh, how the financial world works. I mean, right. people just often just say, ah, I'm going to close my eyes. I don't like this. I don't understand it. And so I got more important things to do. I'm not going to worry about it. And that's not really a healthy response either. Mm. So if we can try to educate people, and, and we're talking, people need to, I think, also be patient with that and realize because we're talking about doing that over maybe years of just mm-hmm. constantly right. meeting if we meet on a regular basis with our clients every single meeting will be one sort of step forward where we'll, we'll explain a few more concepts and talk about what we're doing and why we're doing it and and to be frank people can usually only take so much of that in some very yeah. small <laughs> small doses because you know their eyes gloss over and yeah. but it's just little movements that we try to educate our clients to say this is why we own shares in this business and what does that mean what's that business doing and how are they going to grow their size of that business and therefore that'll be represented in a higher share price which is what really you want to see and how do we build a portfolio of 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 diversified investments and given what's going on today in the world what kind of businesses do we want to own and how do we grow your capital that Mm -hmm. way it's a lot of basic building blocks to understand it but um, when they get there they feel much more secure in what we're doing and why and I think underneath that and is you know we build these financial um, building blocks as you said Brent but underneath that core foundational is still trust mm. you know in in the advice trust in the 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 partnership between you and me between yeah. the advisor and 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 the client the person bringing again our responsibility me coming into your offices i've got these resources and i want to be diligent in making sure that i'm I'm presenting them to you in a way that's godly, in a way that that matters to me. Again, mm-hmm. we look at Proverbs and we say, you know, a good person leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Well, Brent, you're part of that because mm-hmm. if I want to leave an inheritance financially to my children's children and I don't interview you, I don't see what, you, you know, these things that you've just talked about in the last few minutes and I just give you the money and say, hey, Send me a statement once a year. If it's more than it was last year, I'm happy. If it's less than it was last year, I'm not happy. Um, though that doesn't cut it. That doesn't build that foundation. You know, the, again, going back to Proverbs and looking at the scripture and saying, "Hey, um, a fool seem you know does what seems right, but the wise listen to advice." So again, that for me, I recognize that I don't want to be a fool just listening to myself. 
Maybe, like I said, I read the Financial Post last week. Maybe I didn't understand a thing about it. My own pride as a Dutch guy says, well, I don't have to admit that to you. <laughs> but the reality is, is I want to listen to advice because I want to leave an inheritance in the future for my children's children. Or maybe I'm storing up a storehouse for seven bad years that I feel are coming down the road, whatever it is. So fundamentally, this, this foundation of relationship between me and the advisor or the advice that I'm getting is really important. It's mm. really, and again, that may be a journey. There's so many changes that go on in terms of over the span of time. So, Yeah, that, that is 100% correct, Dave. That trust relationship is really what underpins the entire process. If it's missing, it's, it's not going to work well between a client and and advisor. And a lot can can come in to change that, right? I mean, it can be things like, Ah, why is my advisor making so much money and I'm not? Mm -hmm. Or uh, consistently over time. Um, or why, you know, uh, am I really getting the best advice? I'm missing so many pieces. I feel I've heard this over here and that uh, tax idea mm -hmm. over there or all those things. How do I, how come I'm not getting that? And you, you, so there's multiple aspects of things that can erode that trust over time. And when that goes missing, then the relationship has gone sour, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and, uh, you know, it means you have to be situated with with a firm that is really able to do that all encompassing mm -hmm. advice. So, are they just an investment manager, or do they bring in a tax planning uh, expert? Mm -hmm. Do they bring in legal and accounting, or sorry, legal and um, uh, estate planning work? So, mm -hmm. will they look at your wills and power of attorney? Will they make sure mm -hmm. your estate is structured well so that you do pass that in inheritance on well? And there's a lot of value add that can happen on there. It's not just about did my statement go up this month. Now that has to happen mm -hmm. over time. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the core of what people hire us to do. But there's so much else around it that really just goes to what we talk to our clients about is discovering what's the purpose of this money. What's the purpose that God has given you this money for? And what do you feel led or called to do with it? And we spend a lot of time saying, let's assign goals. Let's assign this true purpose to what we do with it so that we're not just blindly you know, moving forward without knowing what's the point of all of this at the end of the day. And we spend a lot of time working with our clients on that topic. So, you know, I always like the practical piece. We're coming to the end of the show for this week. And, you know, practically... Um, I know, Brent, you've offered, you said, hey, I've got a list, a checklist, yeah. kind of a, a list of things that questions that you can use to interview a financial advisor. If there's one piece of homework I want to give everybody who's listening, it's this. If you have investments and you can't call your advisor up and say, hey, Brent, just want to talk to you about my advi about my investments. If you don't have that relationship with your advisor, then you need to get onto the website. We're going to post that. Well, it uh, we'll get that information. Reach out to more than enough, uh, and we'll get you that checklist. And you need to start interviewing your investment advisor. Mm -hmm. And f let's find someone that is going to do that. So, so there's your practical homework for this week. Is is hey. Make, that's an easy call to mm -hmm. find out what your, what your relationship with your investment advisor is going to be. Thanks so much, Brent, for Thank sharing you. with us. Thanks for being in. Uh, we will have you back. This is such a big topic. Yes. We've only just scratched the surface. But here it is. We're at the end of the show again. No. And you even just, you know, you were in there, Rebecca. Like, I'm I know, just totally I know. impressed. And it's so. not even my thing to talk 
you know, about investing. So this is good. <laughs> Your thing is a relationship. Though. Mine so, is relationship. All right. Well, let's pray and then uh, we'll go. So Lord, I want to just thank you that you have given us wisdom. You have given us counselors. You've put mm-hmm. people around us. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you that we can trust you. And Lord, as people reach out, may you lead them and guide them in the way it's all your money. And so you know how you want to use it to advance your kingdom. And so we thank you for that. Amen. Next week. Next week. We're back. We're we're, we're here every week. And what do we do here? We talk money, we so we're going to talk money again. If you want to listen to the show, you can download it on CHRI's website. You can download it on morethanenough.ca. We're on iTunes. You can download the podcast. There's no reason you, you need to miss the show. And next week, we're going to talk about accountability, coaching, our favorites, one of our my passionate topics. Because it is different than what Brent does. Absolutely. So tune in next week when we talk money again. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.